0: It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important
1: stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen. Echo all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve.
2: The last Tuesday in February, in 18 hours, February will be history.
1: I cannot believe it. And what a special day, though, we have here. Uh, in studio with me is Dave Walden. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. This first hour, we will feature our fellow Liberty Toastmasters, Dave Walden. It is great to have you here. And, Kim, it is great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's going to be super interesting. And this table topics... Is, it's really a fun part of each meeting, and uh, it's basically very impromptu. We, we have given the subject to our fellow to- and Toastmasters. They typically will respond two to three minutes, and it's uh, pretty interesting.
3: It's part of what Toastmasters tries to uh, help everyone develop, and that is the ability to, uh, without foreknowledge, stand on their feet and talk for one or two minutes about a subject with which they are usually somewhat familiar, but not totally.
4: Yeah.
1: And so it will be great. That will be uh, in the third and fourth segment. We'll talk with Dave Williams in the second segment. He is uh, running for state GOP chair. There are six contenders, and uh, each of them, I've given each of them some time on the show. And so we'll talk with Dave Williams on why he is doing that. Very important right now. We're at a critical time here in Colorado. And um, so very important uh, regarding that. Let's get uh, – oh, first of all, check out our website. And we've got uh, some great essays. Uh, I published a very hard-hitting one this last weekend, uh, and uh, it is regarding this uh, Senate Bill 23 – let's see, it was 101. And it did die in committee, but it was uh, so interesting. It basically was um, – sponsored by uh, Republicans, Senator Barbara Kirkmeyer and Senator uh, Bob Gartner, and then Representative Mary Bradfield, and it would basically gut the caucus assembly um, process here in Colorado, uh, thereby making it, it, it was really a rich man's game, Then only uh, rich people would be able to, or people with a lot of money behind them would be able to get onto the ballot. And I think the more the merrier. Dave uh, Walden, what do you think?
3: Oh, I couldn't agree more. Now, um, you know, I would, I'm not sure I'll be available for the Dave, but if I were available, I would ask Dave, why on earth the Republican Party has not made school choice the civil rights issue of the 21st century? I, love it. I would think that the, the national party right on down through every state, county and district would make that a central theme of
1: every Republican's campaign. I think that's, uh, that's so important. Um, and, and it is talked about, but I think you're right. I think the focus on that, and I think it's, it's something that will really resonate with modern Democrats, moderate Democrats, unaffiliated, libertarians, Republicans, and conservatives. I think that is a, a subject that we can unite it, it, it's on. It's a winner. It is a winner, and when we look at what's happening with our kids in these uh, government-run schools, and I, I want to say there's a lot of great teachers in these government-run schools, but there are some radical activists, and it only takes one to get a hold of your kid, and you got problems. And so, good good point on that. So check out um, we we published mine. Republican-sponsored Senate Bill twenty-three one hundred one silences Coloradans' voices, and it did die in committee, which I noted in the. Um, in the article, three Democrats and one Republican voted against it, but one Republican voted for that, and that was Larry Liston. It is unbelievable. And then also, Alan Thomas has a great piece, California and federal, Federalist Number Two, and then Brad Beck has a piece, Ideas. And so, speaking of that, uh, let's see, sign up for the weekly email newsletter. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com. Uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, and then the text line is 720-605-0647. And I am working to learn how to manage that. So, But I want to hear from you uh, uh, on that as well. So, again, 720-605-0647. And I ended up... With a quote from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And he was an American poet and educator. His original works include Paul Revere's Ride, The Song of Hiawatha, and Evangeline. He was the Evangeline. He was the first American to completely translate Dante's Divine Comedy and was one of the fireside poets from New England. He was born in 1807. He died in 1882. Was he in the class before you, Steve? I couldn't remember. (laughs)
2: That's thin ice <laughs> I'm
1: just silencing my mic and but this is what he said. He said, Today is the block with which we build, and uh, that is what is in front of us is today, and when I say that we are made for this moment, I'm serious about that. Um, the bill of the day is such a bad boy, I just don't even know what to say. I've mentioned it before, and it is House bill. A twenty-three eleven ninety affordable housing right of first refusal. Dave William or uh, Dave Walden. You're not going to believe this.
3: I'm sure I will believe it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Prime sponsors is uh, Representative Andrew Bosenecker, Representative Emily Sirota, and Senator Faith Winter. And right off the bat, it's dishonest. It says in the title. Affordable housing right of first refusal concerning a right of first refusal to purchase qualifying multifamily residential property by a local government. In the bill summary, it then says, The bill creates a right of first refusal of a local government to match an acceptable offer for the sale of a residential or mixed-use multifamily property. The right to purchase of the property by the local government is subject to the local government's commitment to using the property as long-term affordable housing. The local government may assign its right of first refusal to the state, to any political subdivisions, or to any housing authority in the state subject to the limitation that the assignee make the same commitment to using the property as long-term affordable housing. So Dave, you decide that you're going to sell your house. And your realtor comes and you list it with your realtor, Karen Levine with Remax Alliance, great sponsor of the show, and she finds a buyer also for you, and they put in their offer. But guess what? Uh, before they can buy that house, the government has a right of first refusal to uh, purchase that, and um, for affordable housing. And so they could put they could have put anybody in there. Now I know that uh, there it says multifamily. A property, but that you know that could be a duplex. Do you see the danger in this? Of course. Uh,
3: we are on a flight from the ideals with which our country was founded, and that flight takes many, many forms. In this particular case, our country was set up so that I have the right of the first refusal on any offer presented to me. I ought to be able to accept or reject it based on what I determine is in my best interest. And this law will simply preempt that right, as so many other laws do, and I will lose my right of first acceptance, Mm -hmm. if you will.
1: Very good point. Steve, you and I were talking about this on the way in. What's your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I confess that uh when I tried to read through it, I just kind of glaze over because of the language and you really set <clears throat> made it very crystal clear to me what's really going down here. And I asked you, I mean, this is kind of a it's not outright uh what do they it's a the fancy term uh,
1: imminent de- domain. Yeah, it's not outright domain. But eminent, in a way, imminent
2: domain, but in a way, yeah, it is.
1: You know, and we've got this big um thing happening out in jefferson county where the jefferson county commissioners are um, trying to take the land of uh, tara romero these these um, pbis are out of control they're on steroids but the other dot that i need to connect as uh, many of you know i do a voter's guide for each election and go through and analyze each of the issues and proposition one two three which was a dedicated state income tax revenue for affordable housing programs. It took $300 million out of the general fund and it's moving it over to, um, over to this, this particular program. Uh, and basically what it does is it takes down government money and that, that money then from the state will be <clears throat> issued in grants to municipalities and counties uh, for affordable housing. If they take the money They have to assure that they will increase afford and affordable housing is subsidized housing. It's not affordable housing, and housing is expensive in uh, Colorado now because of public policy. So public policy has made it expensive, and now they are now using this to uh, preempt our property rights. But it's in this Prop One Two Three. It says if. Municipality, you take the money, then you have to increase subsidized housing three percent each year. Ultimately, ultimately, uh, we will be, and then you you put this with eleven ninety, big problems.
3: <laughs> well, Kim, uh, without wading into this neck deep, I am always grateful, uh, grateful that I'm not getting all the government I'm paying for, <laughs> and this sounds like I'm about to get a lot more than I'm paying for. Oh,
1: yeah, yes. And uh, so, again, uh, this is a very bad boy, 1190. It preempts uh, property rights uh, big time, and we should be very concerned about it. And the other thing in, in this, <clears throat> and at the um, Colorado Union of Taxpayers uh, Legislative Breakfast, uh, Representative Luck mentioned this, and I we're seeing this in a number of pieces of legislation as well. But this was in Prop 123. And so not only it takes that government, our taxpayer money, and pushes it over here into this, this entity, but a couple of other things about Prop 123 that were just of great concern. Prop 123, and this again is from my voter's guide. Prop 123 creates a new administrative bureaucracy. This sounds like this is out of an Ayn, Rand, an Ayn Rand book here. The administrator may be selected by the Office of Economic Development, they're all bureaucrats without a transparent, competitive pr- procurement process. However, the selection will be announced in a public meeting with at least seventy-two hours' notice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's many aspects of our current society that Rand preeminently wrote about in vi- 1957 I know. in Atlas
1: Shrugged.
5: I know. I
3: mean, and it's just obvious if you if you choose to think about it
1: and focus on what is happening. Well. Uh, Yes, and the other thing in here that I want to mention is Prop 123 and a lot of these different pieces of legislation have this in their uh, their wording as well. <clears throat> and that is, it says, Prop 123, I say, I say this, codifies cronyism through its land banking program or its equity programs and empowers bureaucrats to seek and accept gifts, grants, or donations from any public or private sources, including governmental entities, that the division and the office are hereby authorized to seek and accept. So they've got this big program over here and say, I don't know, somebody, you throw out the name that you want, uh, some big tech person, whoever, wants to uh, walk, call over property rights here in Colorado. They can just put money into this and have the government do it for them.
3: Yes, the ruling class has many tentacles, and, of course, the vehicle for those tentacles is the government. <clears throat> so if the government comes up with a program in which they uh, they enjoin in, in private interests together with them, well, then the private interests become part of the ruling class along with government.
1: It's uh, very scary. So we <clears throat> we'll continue to shed light on this. And... Um show comes to you. We we talk about these very important issues because of great sponsors. The Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team will create a personalized insurance plan to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there.
4: Great news. I just got the State Farm personal price plan on our home and auto insurance.
6: You told our agent about my thing for romance novels?
4: No, you don't have to get that personal. Our agent just helped me choose affordable options to create a personalized price just for us.
6: Oh, sweet. Then you won't believe the love triangle Jen is in now.
4: Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. And welcome back to
1: The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Pleased to have on the line with me Dave Williams. He is a former uh, Colorado State representative, and he has thrown his hat in the ring for Colorado State GOP chair. Dave Williams, welcome to the show.
7: Yes, thank you for having me, Kim. I appreciate being on.
1: First question: Are you crazy?
7: <laughs> a little bit. Uh, this is certainly something that I, um, I, have done in the past and didn't think I'd be doing in the future. Uh, but you know, our state needs a lot of help, and I, I know that if we can work together and move the party to the right while exposing the Democrats, we're going to succeed. Uh,
1: first, well, first thing: what what's um, what do you want to accomplish as state GOP chair?
7: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, It's a question I get all the time. If nothing else, if we can do away with the failed leadership strategies and the failed political consultants of the past, um, then we're going to start to win again. These guys are constantly trying to feed us a lie, that if we move our party to the left, if we compromise on our issues, um, if we could only just be like the Democrats, then we would start to win in Colorado. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. We lose because we fail to build that bold contrast and articulate our principles, which are winning issues. Uh, the swing voters, they're not driven by ideology. You know, they're driven by, by who they can trust. And right now they can't trust Republicans because Republicans have so shown they can't keep their word. They say one thing on the campaign trail, but when they get elected, they do something different when they think no one's looking. And people are looking. They're paying attention. If you can't trust a Republican to follow through on the values they they uh, pledge to support while in office, then, of course, we're going to lose. And we got to stop having that type of um, attitude, that type of strategy, because it's a failed strategy. They got everything they wanted in 2022. They got the candidates they wanted. They got the message they wanted. And it was during a supposed red wave year. And we got slaughtered we got to do something different, or we're going to keep losing.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Next question, then, is um, what about uh, closing the primaries, having Democrats vote in Democrat pr- um, primaries, Republicans vote in Republican primaries?
7: You bet. I think it's absolutely essential. We need to close the primary. We need to get back to a place where Republicans are only choosing our Republican nominees, and then for the Democrats, you know, the same. Um you know aaron wood he's a competitor of mine he he has a great analogy why would we have you know our business competitors come in pick our employees uh who are going to be bad and then leave uh, for us to clean up the (laughs) mess it's it's ridiculous we we do need to close the primaries
1: okay how about uh, we are seeing an assault uh regarding the caucus assembly process what's your thoughts on that
7: I think it's essential that we protect um, our Republican caucus and assembly. It's it's a grassroots mechanism. It's uniquely uh, uh, it's a unique Colorado process that gives voice to those who want to participate, and it's a Republican form of government. And any Republican legislators um, or leaders uh, who are working with people like Ken Theory to do away with it, um, they're traitors. You know, this is something that we need to protect and hold, share, uh, and hold dear to, to what we do here in Colorado. And as your next chairman, I'm going to protect it.
1: OK, how about cleaning up the voter rolls?
7: <laughs> Absolutely. There's no reason why we should have dead people uh, voting from beyond the grave uh, or uh, people who have moved out of our state somehow casting a ballot. Uh, they're dirty. We need to clean them up. And every every time we see something like that, we need to bring it to the authorities, whether it's a clerk or a court, and, and make sure that those
8: people don't get ballots.
1: There are those that say that uh, Republicans need to get better at ballot harvesting. I'm not sure I think that we can out-ballot harvest the Democrats, but what do you think?
7: I think... I think we need to legally ballot harvest. We're not going to be able to compete with the Democrats at the level that they're doing, especially since they're illegally ballot harvesting. But it is uh, a part of our system, you know, part of the rules of the game, so to speak. And while we may not be able to compete at their level, we should still try to get as many ballots cast uh, as soon as possible during that um, mail-in voting period that we have. Okay. Um, Yeah, we won't win... Um, at all if we don't do anything.
1: Okay. Next question. Uh, it died in committee, uh, but Republicans sponsored the Senate Bill 23-101, which would gut the caucus assembly process. What's your thoughts on that?
7: Well, thank God that it died, number one. But number two, it gets back to what I was saying. we have We have treasonous Republicans who don't actually want to have to look voters in the eye, shake their hand, and allow them to uh, to vet them. They want to go bypass the caucus and petition on and hope that uninformed voters uh, get them further along in their campaigns. Those people, if they had their way, the the regular average voter wouldn't actually get to vote or have a voice. And we, we got to stop that every single time.
1: And, uh, well, I, I have seen this. Everyday people have been taken a look at what's happened to Colorado and they've gotten involved in the caucus and become engaged in this caucus process, caucus assembly process. Uh, but yet we are seeing um, different Republicans that say that they want to get rid of it. I've got two very hard-hitting pieces that I published just recently, Dave. Uh, the first one, and you can find this at KimMunza.com, is radical Democrats and Republican consultants are complicit in Colorado's troubles. And I note in there that Dick Wadhams received $27,500 to go out and stump for this very bad boy that did pass, Proposition 123. And I've connected the dots now to how bad that will be for everyday people, um, layered on top of this House Bill 1190. Uh, But Dick Wadhams was uh, in the... Denver, uh, the Daily Gazette yesterday, and he said, No matter who wins state chair, Colorado GOP loses. And he really was, uh, I think, very disparin talked very disparagingly about each of the candidates that is, have stepped forward. I did have the great honor to moderate the. Um, forum last uh, Wednesday uh, out with uh, Parker Conservatives and Colorado Hispanic Republicans uh, out in Parker, and uh, I'm very impressed with the, the six candidates that we have. What's your thoughts on that, Dave?
7: You know, I've never even met Dick Waddams, so and for him to make judgments without even talking to me, and I, I'd venture to say the rest of the field, I think is just plain ridiculous. The, the truth is more likely that whoever wins Dick Waddams loses because Dick Waddams is this you know Republican of the past who yeah he found some success 20 years ago but he hasn't been able to find success since this is a guy who wanted everything that he wanted and got everything he wanted in 2022 and we all lost um, truth is we're going to expose whoever wins is probably going to expose him and the rest of the, the so called successful consultants for the losers they are and they're less likely to get business as a result. So I think this really comes down to his pocketbook's going to be affected once a true leader is elected to chart a new course for our party.
1: So Dave Williams, how can people get more information about you?
7: Yeah, um, visit my website. It's daveforgop.com. That's D-A-V-E-F-O-R-G-O-P.com. Um, it has all my contact information, my cell, my email uh, my goal is to be accessible and to serve the the people, because ultimately they're the boss and, and not the other way around. So and, look forward to earning votes.
1: And when is the election? And it, just explain it, that to people.
7: Sure, you bet. The election is going to be held in Loveland, Colorado on March 11th, and this is where party officers from all 64 counties are going to come and they're going to decide who the next chair is. And I think at this go-around, no matter what happens, we're going to have a grassroots conservative chair, is going to be elected and hopefully we can do something different because we can't keep it up
1: okay dave williams thank you to you and your family for stepping forward
7: you bet thank you kim
1: okay and uh, we are having these these really important conversations because of great sponsors and one of those is karen levine
0: home ownership a place to call your own has created wealth for coloradans throughout the years Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs.
5: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org. eduorg for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M O N S O N.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. We're going to get right to it. It is Table Topics Day with our fellow Liberty Toastmasters. In studio with me is Dave Walden. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. It's great to have you here, Dave. Great to be here, Kim. We're going to talk about rights. And so the subject, the suggested subject, what is that, Dave Walden? Well, the suggested
3: subject that I'm reading is the right to violate rights. And, of course, that leads to, to be a leader, you must make decisions that distinguish between what are rights, the rights of the individual, versus the rights of uh, the establishment, of collectivism or collectivists. The right to violate rights, our country was founded on rights. The first time in history, the recognition of individual rights. And the idea that you might have the right To violate them is a naked logical contradiction. Earlier I suggested Kim that we're on a flight Uh, since the Enlightenment. We're on a flight from reason, not with reason and to reason, which built the airplanes on which we're flying away from reason. Uh, The right to violate rights is as if I looked at you and said, Kim, in order to preserve and save your life I must end it. <laughs> and, of course, that's a naked, illogical contradiction, and, and everyone can see that. But the right to violate rights is just as naked. It's just as naked, for example, of the, uh, the idea currently, in, been in vogue for 30 or 40 years, that in order to end the evil of racial discrimination, we're going to practice the virtue of racial discrimination. Another logical contradiction. Yes. Just naked. So uh, I'm, I'll be eager to hear what my fellow Toastmasters say about rights. I have tons to say about them. I learned about them initially, at least rationally, from, from uh, Ayn Rand, who has perhaps got the greatest body of work dealing with rights that I have ever read.
1: Well, let's just jump into it. Who's our first
3: Liberty Toastmasters? Well, today we've got Bill Vetter from Toastmasters Denver. Bill, how are you this morning?
8: I'm doing just fine. So good morning, and it's always a pleasure to take play, uh, take part in the Toastmasters Table Topics portion of Kim's show.
1: Well, so right my, to violate rights. What's your thoughts? My thought is,
8: first, Is there a right to violate rights? To me, the answer is simplicity itself. No. Period. Full stop. There is no right to violate rights. Rights, including but not limited to the rights to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, are rights that come to each person as a human being. They do not come from governments. Rights come from nature or as the Declaration of puts it, from nature or nature's God. The only justification for violation of anyone's rights is that they have interfered with the natural rights of someone else. By violating someone else's rights, one steps outside the boundaries of civilized behavior and opens him or herself up to self-defense, including especially the collective right of self-defense that Frederick Bastiat explained is the basis of the law in the book, his book of that name. Governments do not have a right to violate the rights of the citizens and other inhabitants of the territory they claim. The central problem is the difference between natural law and what is called positive law, that is, the enactments of legislatures, executive fiats, and administrative codes. Taxes are positive laws. Natural laws have been discovered like the laws of natural science have been discovered. As far as I know, every religion has discovered some variation of the golden rule because it's a natural law of human behavior. Markets tend to operate in light of natural laws, voluntary cooperation. The purpose of government is to protect the natural rights of its citizens and inhabitants in its territory. If government's all stuck to this basic idea, their size and costs would be so small that everyone would be vastly richer and better off than we are today. So that's what I think of the right to violate right. It doesn't exist.
1: Bill Vetter, thank you. I love your simple no. <laughs> Bill, thanks. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, Dave Walden, who is our next speaker. Uh, Liberty Toastmasters. Well,
3: following on the heels of Bill is Rick Rome, another member of the Denver Toastmasters. And, Rick, good morning.
9: Good morning, Dave, Kim. Bill's always a tough act to follow, but I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) So so 20-plus years ago, we had an event that took place where a group of of cowardly terrorists decided to fly airplanes into civilian targets and and political targets. Happened on 9-11 and it was a tragic travesty of justice it was a travesty of an an example of cowardice had its finest but that wasn't the only travesty that happened that day because we got the patriot act out of it and they were sold to us as a bill of goods that we're doing it for your safety Mm -hmm. and what it did is it expanded the the violation of civil liberties and the infringement of civil liberties in ways that we couldn't have possibly that the public couldn't have possibly foreseen in our mood at the time first up is the tsa I mean, whenever I think of those guys, the phrase comes to mind. It may not be the best, but it's the most recent. And if I ever need a cheap thrill, I go out to the airport and <laughs> get felt up. We, we got the NSA, and we all remember how Snowden detected because of his exposure of the metadata that the NSA was collecting. And they said, well, we can't use that unless we go to a FISA court. And we've seen how the FISA courts conduct themselves with fraudulent information and fraudulent statements from the FBI. Of course we also have the fbi who's going out and making random declarations about parents becoming terrorists because they want to see their kids educations improved and not have to have this critical race theory bs malarkey coming down on those kids or even worse having to go through transgender therapies or, or hormone inducements without their knowledge or consent enemies of the state at that point but the biggest travesty i think we're faced with right now and they've become more brazen with it is the open border and that open border is a fundamental violation of, of our right to security in this country. It allows drugs to come through. The human trafficking element where young girls and boys are sold into the sex trade is just the Democrat Party reliving the glory days of slavery of old. It is a, it is a horrible, horrible situation that we're faced with, and it's going to take courage and faith to resolve it.
1: Well, wow, Rick, uh, you pretty well um nailed several things. The Patriot Act, and to your point, I remember that when it was proposed, I'm thinking, oh, I don't, I'm not sure I think this is a really good idea, but okay to keep us safe. Oh my gosh.
9: Um, well, I woke up in a mood, Kim, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well done, Rick Rome. Thank you so much.
9: Yeah, Rick, thank you.
3: Remember, we got the Patriot, Patriot Act supposedly from this uh, terrorist attack. And it's been forward ever since.
1: Yes, it has. Rick Rome, thank you. Dave Walden. Who-
3: well, our next guest is uh, a fellow member of Toast- uh, Liberty Toastmasters North, my good friend uh, Greg Morrissey. Oh, hi, Mike. How you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing fine. How are you doing this morning? Well, well. What do you got to say about rights, Greg? What I've got to say about rights, I would like to see the education process. Take up the fact on rights and start teaching everyone nowadays what those rights are, what the history of those rights are, and why they came into being into our laws in the beginning in the first place, and realize what the struggles went
0: through for those men and women
3: who brought those rights into our country, into our laws, into our rules, and bring it back in again, have them as the primary set of rules for everyone to follow. I know I see what you said is talk about um, us violating rights, uh, get to know the rights first. Right. I agree. And the kids the kid should be graduating high school. They should know the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. They should pass exams on that before they can graduate.
1: I totally agree. And there's bringing up some other thoughts. I remember as a kid on the playground that um, kids inherently know about rights. I remember there, you'd say, Hey, you're not the boss of me. Do you remember that? Oh, sure,
9: (laughs) sure.
3: Well, I mean, it, it manifests itself in many ways. I mean, when you come up to apply or to get some product or service and there's a line, you automatically go to the back of the line and wait your turn. And no one questions that, but that's a manifestation mm-hmm. of the same thing, right?
1: Greg Morrissey, thank you so much. Thanks, Greg.
10: Thank you very much. A uh,
3: uh, privilege and honor to be there. I love All it. Right. Thank you. Thank you. My next guest, or our next guest, is Terry Goon, another fellow member of Liberty Toastmasters North. Good morning, Terry.
11: Uh, good morning, David. Thank you for, for hosting today. Um, and as you know, Dave, I know David's me a bit on rights, because I struggle with the whole concept. I'm not certain that they really exist. I think of rights more as whatever you believe in enough to protect against them being violated. You take, for instance, that line Dave just mentioned. If, If somebody cuts in line, everybody around is going to protect that line and make the person end up at the back. If you're not, then you don't really have that right. So, you know, I I recognize it's a moral concept, but it's a moral concept that's a very slippery slope. So, for example, you know, you're talking about the right to liberty and remembering the adage that my right to swing ends where your nose begins. We we all have the right to smoke. But what if my happiness, my liberty, because maybe I've got a health problem, includes a smoke-free walk down the sidewalk and yours is one that includes smoking? who should violate whose rights here. So it, it's, it's a tricky wicket here. Well, 20- it, can, it
3: can very well be, Terry, and I hope you'll be listening as the hour, top of the hour approaches. I'm going to give a summary, and I hope to try to define more more
11: precisely
3: what rights are.
11: Well, that sounds perfect, but um, I know you've tried that with me in the past, <laughs> so we're going to keep on working at it, and I am definitely still studying so to keep it simple, I'll just go with the right to violate rights is when the violator has violating, the violator has been violated. How's that? <laughs> we'll keep it simple and we'll let you go. Thank well,
1: you. These are such important conversations to have, Terry Goon. I greatly appreciate that, and um, we're going to go to break here in just a little bit, uh, Dave. But of this first part, make some comments.
3: Well. It's important to understand that the concept of rights, just as Terry indicated, is a moral concept, but it's a more precise moral concept than that. It's what are called negative rights as opposed to positive rights. And I'll get into that at the close of the hour, because the two are totally opposite. And if you end up believing that a positive right is a right, then it destroys the negative rights, which, again, I'll explain near the top of the hour. A negative right means you are not impeded from what you wish to do or say or associate with, who you want to associate with. A positive right claims that you have a right to something that someone else must
1: provide you. Now, that seems negative to me.
3: (laughs) Well, that, to me, I understand. So we'll define our terms.
1: Okay. Okay, that sounds great. We get to have these great conversations, and Liberty Toastmasters is a partner of the show. And uh, Brad Beck is one of the co-founders of Liberty Toastmasters. And, Dave, the thing about Liberty Toastmasters is it makes us better. And I, I would really encourage... Um, people that are running for office, considering running for office, wanting to communicate, just to communicate better with your family. Uh, Liberty Toastmasters is a great way to do that. And uh, people can get information by going to Toastmasters International, putting in Liberty Toastmasters, and Liberty Toastmasters Denver meets the first and third Saturdays of each month at the Independence Institute, and Liberty Toastmasters North meets the second and fourth Saturdays Uh, Saturdays of each month up in Longmont at 10 o'clock and we would love to have people join us and we get to do this great show because of great sponsors Roots Medical is one of those sponsors we will be talking with Matt Dark with Roots Medical in the second hour but just pleased to have them as a sponsor of the show
6: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R O O T S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns.
13: Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment for all customers, come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Frankton Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, thinking about rights, I'm thinking about the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, those that have been willing to give their lives or have given their lives for our rights for our freedom for our liberty and liberty is liberty is the responsible exercise of freedom as Ben Martin one of our fellow liberty toastmasters taught me And uh, so to help with the remodel out there, they're raising money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. And Paula Sarles and her team, she is a Marine uh, veteran, a Gold Star wife, also the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. Her team, they are working diligently to raise the money. And you can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org And also you could buy a brick to honor your military service or the service of your loved one that will be on one of the walkways. You can do that at USMC memorialfoundation.org. In studio with me is Dave Walden. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. We're talking about right to violate rights with our fellow Liberty Toastmasters.
3: Yes, Kim, and our next guest, um, a friend of mine, good friend, he ran for office last year. He's a member of Liberty Toastmasters North, Marshall Dawson. Good morning, Marshall.
9: Hey, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Kim. I have some thoughts from the campaign trail, but you know, also some observations, uh, both from uh, failed campaigns that I've watched in the past, but, but also you know people testifying in front of city council or, or other boards or commissions. Uh, this is a really important topic because it's, it's necessary for us to have our foundation in order. But I want to try to, to boil this down briefly to what voters and constituents and, constituents, and often some policymakers uh, are, are doing. They're effectively saying, please violate someone else's rights on my behalf because I can't do that on my own. Wow. Or you know, please, you know, take this action before the other side violates my rights. Right, so you know, they're they're looking at this as self interest. Um and you know, we, we think about this phrase for the public good. And our counter is really difficult to to talk about, you know, in in a single phrase that that would counteract that, right? You know, we think about politics needs to fit on a bumper sticker. It's pretty hard to come up with something that says, "Okay, your your for the public good is is flawed here." You know, we have a better a better idea. So I have I have two things I want to talk about here. Uh, first is is beware of the fallacy. And Dave, you and I must have been on the same wavelength in the first segment when you said that school choices is a civil rights fight. So let's look at public education. People will vote for more money for public education, and then they'll say, well, our kids are falling behind, and then that proves we just need more money. Well, we fail to recognize many times that when you're in a hole, the first thing to do is to stop digging. And yet our side is not good at putting forward any alternatives. Instead, think about how many candidates that, that we could identify who say, abolish the Department of Education. Well, that doesn't resonate with the voters, right? That's not going to get that that candidate elected. And so even if that's you know, a great idea, it doesn't work unless you can get elected and and implement it. But rather we have to make sure that we can tell voters how our solutions are better. We have to convince voters that that they will actually benefit from our solution. So, if we talk about school choice, we have to convince parents, we have to convince voters, that it's actually a benefit to their kids. We have to tell stories so that they will see the benefit to them. You know, if we get wrapped up talking about money and and you know, it's it's my right to do this and that, we're going to lose every single time. So, with any discussion of rights or entitlements, we fail to resonate with so many people, and that's that's one of our problems. It, it's fine for our side. You know, we're we're comfortable wrapping ourselves in an armor of our personal rights, you know, if we're testifying in front of city council or something like that. But in order to do the best work for protecting our rights, and especially through the ballot box, our side has to get better at speaking into people's hearts.
3: Boy, good points, Marshall, good points. You know, you talk to a voter, and almost any voter, and you make the point to them, hey, the education industrial complex constantly wants more money. And yet, Every other segment of the economy, the competitive economy, the private economy, they are constantly working to give you more for less money, and they're competing with each other to do it. Isn't it ironic that in the area controlled by government, the solution is in order to fix what's wrong, we need more money?
9: Thank you very much. That's that's right. That's right, Dave.
1: Marshall, did, did I hear both points? I think you did. Okay, got it there. Yeah. Okay, again, it was school choice, and we got to get better at our messaging, right?
9: Exactly, <clears throat> yeah, and beware of the fallacy was the first one. Uh, and okay. they've, they've, they've reiterated that very well.
1: Okay. Marshall
3: Dawson, thank you. Thanks. Next we have from Denver uh, Liberty Toastmasters, Christy Whaley. Good morning, Christy.
14: Good morning, YouTube. Ladies Boy, these are tough acts to follow. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought was, what kind of leader are we talking about here? So, for example, if the, the focus could be entirely different if we're talking about, for example, the manager of one of your sponsors, Kim Hooters, or are we talking about a politician? And a manager of Hooters, my first responsibility would be for the success of my restaurant. And for a politician, it is, or it should be, to protect the God-given rights of the American citizen. And recently, I watched again the class of judgment at Nuremberg about the trial of the four Nazi judges charged with crimes against humanity. And their defense primarily was that they were simply adjudicating according to the rights of the Nazi regime, also known as the state. And the rights of the German citizens, which included the Jews, of course, were of no import. And the outcome of these judges' decisions was, as we know, the holocaust the extermination of six million jews and so i say every decision as a politician should be seen as does this in any way impede on the rights of the citizen the american citizen in our case of course and if so vote no on that and if you know a politician is not considering your rights first and foremost vote those politicians out
1: excellent point christy thank you um, and uh, I just want to mention, you, you mentioned Hooters Restaurants. Christy, I think you know the story. Uh, when I was yes. on city council, uh, one of the things that um, uh, we did, we approved liquor licenses. Um, that was one of our jobs. And uh, Hooters Restaurants was coming into a location that had been um, zoned, it's zoned as a restaurant. There had been a liquor license that had been established there. And uh, it was kind of like a no-brainer, but it was primarily uh, feminists that did not want to have the restaurant open, and so they came before city council and lobbied to um, not have Hooters uh, receive their liquor license. And I looked at that as a violation of of rights. And that is, uh, it's a really interesting story about how they became business friends and sponsors. And ultimately, uh, no action was taken that first meeting. And the city attorney brought all the city council members and mayor in and said, "You you don't have a leg to stand on to not approve this. And so thank you for bringing that up. That's one of the reasons why they've been great sponsors of the show, Christy.
14: Well, and we
1: still need you at city council. Oh, my gosh. That was like military duty, I tell you, Christy. But I learned a lot. I bet you
14: did, and you got a lot on your plate, so I don't blame you if you
1: you say no. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Christy. Okay, (laughs) Dave Walden, it went fast. Let's wrap this up. Well, look,
3: let me try and make an important distinction about rights. They, They are negative. I call them negative because... They are rights to non-interference. You have a a right to speak, to associate, to bodily integrity, to property you own. And such property begins with your very body, mind, and life. You own those. It includes also the property which you may create or which you trade for. Such negative rights do not obligate anyone anyone else to act for you or associate with you nor buy your property or trade theirs for yours if they choose not to as such this independence represents a negative right in that each of us must refrain uh, from doing something positively that, that violates others' right to such independence now no one No one has to agree with you, associate with you, nor buy your property or trade theirs for yours if they choose not to. That's what negative rights assure that you retain. Now, positive rights are different. A right to health care, for example, is a positive right. Such a right implies that others must do things for you or provide you with things. Health care and all such alleged rights do not just appear. Someone has to provide it or them or either pay someone to do so or pay for it or them and them themselves. This time, treasure, and agency of others must first be taken from them and made yours. By what right? What right exists that allows one to take from others against others' will and then call it their right to do so? No such rights exist, and certainly none exist just because you happen to be in a majority. What is the bottom line? Positive rights destroy the actual negative ones. So when you hear the cry that you have a right to that which others must provide you, you should vote vote accordingly, because your actual rights depend on it, and that's my summary.
1: That is very excellent, and I don't I don't know really what else to say on well, that. That let, pretty well takes care I, of it. If
3: I have thirty seconds, you've got fifteen. Fifteen. Our country was founded on individual rights; those are the means to the ends. Actually, they are the ends.
1: They are the ins- Dave Walden this has been just great to have you in studio and I've got to think everybody will be all of our listeners will be thinking about this today so thank you.
3: Thank you Kim.
1: And uh, our quote for the end of the show is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He says it takes less time to do a thing right than it does to explain why you did it wrong. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two.
0: the kim munson show analyzing the most important story
1: that seems to me like government is establishing a religion
0: the latest in politics and world affairs
1: if you give people rights women's rights gay rights whatever there can't be equal rights if there's special rights today's current opinions and ideas surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force is it freedom or is it force
0: Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a a conversation. Welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for listening. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday.
2: Tuesday, 28th of February. You know what that means. That means
1: spring's right around the corner.
2: Okay, I'll take that.
1: (laughs) And it is. I cannot believe tomorrow is the first day of March.
2: And the reason I'll take it is because of the amount of global, uh, what do they call it? Global warming. Global warming that I've uh, shoveled so far. (laughs)
1: Yes. Uh, true, that uh, check out our website that's kimmunson.com. There's a number of um, important essays there. I did one this weekend that was very hard hitting and would recommend that people read that. Did you what's your thoughts on what, what I wrote?
2: Well, I, I you you kind of surprised me that you because you did one the week before, which I thought again it was a grand grand slam, and then <laughs> I guess you were so stirred up you just had a just pick it up where you left off <laughs> it was great
1: yeah so check that out at my website sign up for our weekly email newsletter you'll get a first look at our upcoming guests as well as the most recent essays and you can email me at kim at kim thank you to all of you who support us clearly we are an independent voice on an independent station we're talking about the hard hard subjects we're searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you should not have to force people to do it but great conversation with our liberty toastmasters buddies in that first hour that will rebroadcast today one to two in the afternoon this hour will rebroadcast this evening 10 to 11 p.m and then um, everything will be posted uh, on my website uh, with the uh, um uh, with the show some with the show summary and i'm drawing a blank but the the recording of it and then you can find that also on i think itunes and spotify as well so we are everywhere producer steve do you have houseplant Three.
2: All right. Do you know what happens when you pour water on them too fast and it kind of just sits there, doesn't soak in? Yeah. That's my problem with uh, Toastmasters. <laughs> it comes at you so fast. I was like, well, wait a minute. Before we go on to this next person, let me grasp-
11: you wanna
1: You want to think just a little bit on what they said, right? Exactly. Well, you've got your homework today to be thinking about that. What I'm, And you can see, we look at these issues differently and we learn from each other. would love to have all you join us uh, as guests at Liberty Toastmasters Denver or Liberty Toastmasters Dem- um, Longmont. or Yeah, they meet up in Longmont, so Liberty Toastmasters North. I uh, did want to mention Hooters Restaurants again as the great sponsors of the show and a great place to get together for lunch or uh, for happy hour. I met Kurt Gerwitz uh, there oh a few, a few weeks ago, and I had the fish and chips, which I love, and they are delicious. And uh, they've been sponsors of the show for quite some time, and they have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And you can find their specials and the story about how we became sponsors Uh, sponsors of mine on the show. Our quote for today is from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And he was an American poet and educator. His original works included Paul Revere's Ride, The The Song of Hiawatha, and Evangeline. He was the first American to completely translate Dante's Divine Comedy and was one of the fireside poets from New England. Born in 1807, died in 1882. And he said, Today is the block with which we build. And that's why each day it is important that we do our best and strive for excellence, Steve. Agreed. Hey,
2: before you jump over to uh, Matt Dark, can we talk about something from the audacious and incredibly ridiculous file? Sure. Do you know what's going on in Chicago today? What? The mayor or I can never say that word. The mayor's election. And there's nine people running, uh, nine candidates. One of them is indeed Lori Lightfoot. I can't believe she has the audacity to even, you know, think about a second term. But,
1: but then the dumb thing is, she just might win. And you you think about what hap- is happening in Chicago in the inner city. Um, the crime, the shootings, the murders. It's just its crazy. Mm. It's just crazy. Um, But I wanted to talk with Matt Dark. He is, as you know, he has his uh, own radio show, Monday through Thursday, 9 to 10 a.m., right here on KLZ 560, the Matt Dark Show. And he is really rocking it with that show. But uh, he is with Roots Medical, and uh, they are great sponsors of the show. And wanted to talk with Matt uh, about some remedies for... Um, vaccine injury. But Matt, first of all, your show, are you having a blast with it?
15: You know, it's so fun. I cannot imagine. And thank you for having us, Kim. So good to be with you. I can't imagine having a show, being involved in a moment in an era like this. Go back 30 years, 20 years, 50 years. Um, I don't think there's as many things buzzing around with societal implications as we're seeing right now we thank God for the opportunity to speak a truth and empower the listeners to stand up and say what they did to you was wrong and it must not be forgotten. So, uh, yes, we are loving it. We've got a great doctor from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma today um, who's been a frontline guy from the beginning that just simply said, you know, I think about it like this. If everybody's doctor would have behaved like Roots and or Dr. Jim Meehan or whoever else these frontline folks are, the COVID pandemic would have gone very differently. But patient, uh, doctors took paycheck over patient. And this is how we got into this very toxic, deadly mess that we currently sit in. Uh, with the vaccines, with long COVID and all the things that go COVID.
1: But, Matt, there are some treatments or some remedies if if somebody thinks that they're vaccine injured, yes?
15: Vaccine injured. So, you know, the issue with the vaccine right now is there is no evidence, no proof, no reason to think that mRNA technology, that substance will ever come out of your body. What we believe is that is embedded itself in your DNA in the process of, uh, process of replication. So that part is not going away. The issue is that it's forcing and creating, making your body create billions of spike proteins. That's the toxic stuff. And as it stands right now, there isn't a medication, a blood thinner, a protocol that is dissolving substance the toxic spike protein natto now this is early study out of japan now natto is a totally natural thing it grows on soy it's an enzyme that is showing effectiveness certainly in a laboratory setting in breaking down spike protein so this is and, and we're not just talking about the vaccine injured the long covid is is a problem too because this is toxic i mean the foreign substance i mean the man-made concept behind the toxic spike protein is the problem it comes from the virus and it's inside the vaccine of course this is what must be broken down to relieve the body of the toxicity much like as if you had mercury poisoning or mold poisoning or any other type of you know gasoline in your system all these things are negatively impacting the immune system and for some their bodies are really struggling getting it out. So it's natokinase. Now, Dr. Peter McCullough has been on this. It's, it's available. You know, you can get this stuff. It's, a, it's, a, it's available at many over the counters. Roots Medical carries it. I know Dr. McCullough. He's also selling it um, and using it because it's effective in breaking down the spike protein. There's also now some early Japanese studies on this river worm. Uh, that is going in and used and breaking down spike protein. Keep in mind, nature will have to get us out of this, much like ivermectin is a naturally derived product, hydroxychloroquine. And now you see these natural enzymes going in and being effective and breaking down. And unfortunately for the vaccine injured, and, and I call them the vaccine pulverized, or the, back, the vaccine destroyed, because in many cases their life is not the same. This is some hope sitting out there that if you can break this stuff down, detox the body, never do it again. That is the number one thing everybody needs to leave. Whoever hears this message today, tomorrow, to the end of time, you can unfortunately never, ever take government medicine again. It's shown to be lethal, and even if they became choir boys overnight, their trust is permanently broken. It's permanently lost. But natokinase, um, you know, you can schedule, because it's not just that. I mean, there's other elements of the injury that might need to be treated medically. We're seeing heart arrhythmia. Of course, the blood clotting risk is immense, Uh, a D-dimer test, ultrasound. These kind of things can identify what's the immediate ticking time bomb. But we have neurological damage. We have all of the neuropathy-type damage. We have the heart conditions. We have the blood clotting. So you do need assessment. But the beacon, the light there at the end is that natokinase, these natural enzymes, can break down spike protein.
1: So, Matt Dark, at Roots Medical, I know the practice is growing significantly. I have a number of listeners that uh, I know have reached out to you. Uh, But people, you still have room. Uh, People, if they can reach you and you're still uh, taking new patients, yes? Absolutely.
15: We've got the four providers. We've got children. Another thing I want to tell the listeners to do, we have to rethink everything. And not just the COVID shots. Of course, we're telling all parents to reject emphatically the COVID shots for their children but you have to rethink everything kim i'm sure you know your listeners are going to know by age six u.s children are required or suggested or forced to take 79 doses of vaccine just to be in society that's the claim just to be alive we have to rethink that so you can actually schedule a vaccine consultation personalized for you and your child what is right for you which ones are you going to eliminate which ones are you going to delay and you know this is just a fun fact 1986 reagan signed that vaccine and um, you know liability exemption for big pharma in the fall in the spring of 1986 there was 11 shots on that schedule after that bill was signed later in 1986 it went to 54 and now it is up to 79 it's unspeakable we have autism as a result of it we have all these autoimmune disorders as a result of it our children are being poisoned and it's because of parent ignorance no fault of their own their pediatrician is being paid to lie to them to tell them Your child must do this, and we just have to rethink the whole thing. So, of course, call Roots Medical, rootsmedical.net. We have a text line. You can call. You can email. You've got to take control right now because this old model of going to the doctor's office, following the CDC, it's not only ineffective, we're finding out it is deadly, and it is ruining our children.
1: Okay, and that's Matt Dark with Roots Medical. That's like getting to the root of something, Roots, R-O-O-T-S, rootsmedical.net. Matt, thanks so much, and you'll be on the air at 9 o'clock.
15: Sounds great, everybody. Have a
1: great day. God bless. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Thank you. And uh, we get to talk about this because of great sponsors. And as a State Farm agent for 47 years, Roger Mangan has served his customers, provided for his family, and given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, as well as Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan, insurance is there.
6: I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card.
12: Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh,
6: forget about the socks. I need my insurance card.
12: Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app.
6: But I can do that? Oh, hey,
12: I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's, it's called service.
7: Whoa,
5: I can call my agent, too?
12: It's called service.
5: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive and experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, Chemistry, Regenerative, Science, and Psychology. There is a Spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipac.edu.org, ipac.edu.org ipac-edu.org. For more information and to register, that's
2: ipac-edu.org. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson m o n s o n dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there, and you can email me at kim at kimmunson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I've been watching all the rain in California. And which made me think of Greg Walcher. Uh, he is one of the most recognized and respected national leaders in natural resources policy. He's the author of Smoking Them Out, The Theft of the Environment, and How to Take It Back. And uh, wanted to talk with him about water in the West. Greg Walcher, welcome to the show.
10: Thanks. Good to be with you again.
1: So we have talked about the compact in the West, the water compact in the West, and there's the upper states and the lower states. California has been getting a whole bunch of rain, but are they managing it? Are, what What is this all going to look like, Greg? Not
10: Actually, not just rain, but snow as well. The Sierra Nevada mountain range has had 140% of average um, in snowpack for this year, so literally 40% above average. Um, but uh, I'm not sure it will help California that much. They're in the process not of figuring out ways to store that water better, but actually in the process of tearing down dams. They're removing all four of the dams on the Kalamath River, for example. Um, so a lot of that water is just going to melt and run into the ocean while California continues to use Colorado's share of the Colorado River.
1: Yeah, and Greg, after you were on last time, I think, some uh, one of our listeners reached out and said that it doesn't make sense, that, and if I'm understanding this correctly, the upper states on the Colorado River have to assure a certain amount of water that goes down to the, the lower states. But if we're in a drought here, we don't have all that water. How can we guarantee something to them when, in essence, you know, we're being limited because of drought. Am I getting that correct as a LA person?
10: You, you are. In fact, it's the whole uh, issue involving how we interpret the interstate compact. It was, it was written in a way that the lower basin states uh, get half of the flow of the river every year, and the upper basin gets the other half. But it was never a fair deal to begin with to the upper basin in several ways. For example, tributaries don't count in the lower basin, so California... Uh, Arizona and Nevada get half of the flow of the Colorado River plus all of the tributaries to it in their states. Colorado, uh, our share of the river includes uh, the Gunnison and the Uncompahgre and the White and the Yampa. All of the tributaries count against our allotment and not theirs, so it's never been a particularly fair deal, but uh, the interpretation of it is based on what you just said, which is that they get uh, they get a fixed amount of water every year, no matter what the flow of the river happens to be. The flow of the river is lower than it was at the time, maybe by as much as one or two million acre feet of water, and yet they still assume that they get the same amount of water as if the flow was is what it was in the 1920s. Colorado obviously never agreed to that. That was not the interpretation. Uh, it defies common sense to think that Colorado would have agreed. To deliver a fixed amount of water to the lower basin, no matter what the flow of the river ever was. That certainly wasn't the intent. So the way we ought to interpret it, of course, is that the river is split half and half, according to the interstate compact, half of whatever the flow is, and not half of what it once was or what they wish that it were.
1: Well, that seems like that's common sense to me. And also, if that were the case, then, then California would start to have to be more proactive, about uh, other water sources. And this is unbelievable to me that they are actually destroying water uh, water storage um, in California instead of building more.
10: It is hard to believe. It's also impossible to believe that California could ever have a water shortage when they're sitting on 800 miles of shoreline <laughs> on the largest body of water on Earth. Uh, but they refuse to use that as well. So the easy way for Coloradans to think about it is that all of the other states on the river, there are seven states uh, and 40 million people who depend on the Colorado River. All of the other states use their entire allotment of the river every year. Colorado uses about a million acre feet less than it's entitled to, and California uses a million acre feet more than it's entitled to. That's the the short and simple of it.
1: Okay. That makes me think of another question, and that is uh, that counties such as Douglas County, are trying to buy water rights down in the San Luis Valley for growth, uh, population growth in in Douglas County, and uh, that concerns me because uh, San Luis Valley uh, grows food for human beings. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Craig? Uh,
10: well, I understand why Douglas County is is looking at any source that they can possibly think of because they're shorted water like everybody on the Front Range um but but there isn't enough thought given to what the effect is on the area that you dry up san luis valley is is part of the bread basket of the world and you know there at some point we have to eat as well you can't just dry up all the farms and expect uh, that everything will just be fine we depend on on those areas in the state uh for our food supply so i don't think it's a good idea to dry up farms uh, in order to supply the water to the thirsty cities especially when there are other alternatives in this case uh, the it is a reality that we don't have enough storage capacity in any of the eight river basins in Colorado to store all of the water that we're entitled to under these various interstate deals so okay. all of the of the basins including those on the front range of the South Platte and the Arkansas and so on all of all of them could benefit from additional storage Douglas County built a uh, a, a reservoir. Uh, the reuter and has, wasn't, yeah. An, it was, and it wasn't enough. So they need more, more storage. We all do.
1: So, Greg, the problem is, though, is then enviros get involved, and they're trying to shut down uh, water um, storage areas, and it takes so long to try to get the permits done that that seems to be standing in the way of of uh, water storage. And this is what I call them PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. That's what they really should be focusing on is how can we make that happen that to, to have more uh, storage.
10: Well, we, we've just, we've created this process uh, at the federal level, this permitting process that's virtually impossible to get through. You mentioned the Ruder Hess Reservoir, which is the the last major reservoir built in Colorado Uh, by the parker water and sanitation district it took them 30 years to get it done we don't have 30 years to figure out what to do now so the the federal process the permitting uh, issue has been a big thing in congress the last year or so because there are numerous proposals to reform the permitting process and we desperately need to do that
1: boy it sure seems like somebody running for office uh, if if they explain that to the voters, it seems like that that would be reasonable that people could understand that. I think the problem is, Greg, is the enviros then get people involved of we don't want that water storage uh, facility in our backyard. However, reservoirs have have provided a uh, great, um, uh, you know, water sports, a variety of things like that. But that they get public opinion uh, moving against it, Greg.
10: Yeah, reservoirs are extremely popular once they're built, and they become enormously important—not just for water supplies, but for recreation as well. Um, but it isn't—it's not about that. There's a group of people who think that if you don't provide the infrastructure needed for growth, then you can stop the growth. And history in the last 50 years in the Front Range here proves that that's clearly not right. You you wind up providing the infrastructure anyway later on at a tremendously higher expense, but you can't stop people from moving to the most beautiful part of the world uh, once they once they see it and experience it you, it's a mobile and free society you can't stop people from moving here you have to provide the resources that they need when they get here well, I, there's a bunch of people who who always seem to, to not get that and unfortunately a lot of them are in charge of federal agencies that control dams and reservoirs and pipelines and canals all over the west
1: Well, and and the public policy that we're seeing in Colorado, though, I think could start to push people out. It's uh, it's pretty crazy what's happening down at the state house, but it 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 sure it is. But
10: with respect to water, though, it's nowhere near as big a threat to Colorado as federal control, which has always been the biggest threat to water in Colorado. But a lot more so in recent years since the federal government started pushing. For this new interpretation of the Clean Water Act that they call Waters of the United States, or WOTUS, uh, that, is, that that has, and, this, and the courts have already ruled that interpretation unconstitutional. I don't know if you've followed that.
1: I, but, I, I have. Uh,
10: the federal government tra- essentially tried to assert, this is a decade-long battle, but has tried to assert control over every drop of water in the United States under the clean water act which gives the epa the authority to stop pollution and regulate pollution of navigable waters of the united states which specifically refer to oceans and intercoastal waterways and they've been trying ever since to push it farther than that and there was certain authority congress never gave it and the courts have said so Um, that that rule has been issued and then withdrawn and now reissued again by the biden administration it's back in court again there's There's virtually no chance that the courts are going to let this interpretation stand, and yet they're continuing to push it.
1: Oh, that is so interesting that you would bring that up, and I want to talk about that with you here in just a moment, Greg Walcher. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to mention that the show comes to you because of sponsors and because of all the support that you all give us. And uh, as a State Farm agent for 47 years, Roger Mangan has served his customers, provided for his family, and given back to his communities. And so you can reach him at 303-795-8855. And then another great sponsor of the show is 3 points financial. Uh Steve Cruz and Mary Alpers are um fee only financial planners and they also do tax planning and tax preparation. They just do it all and that is 3 points financial.
4: 3 points financial, a comprehensive fee only financial and tax focused company considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3PointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call.
0: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with RE/MAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping golden retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with RE/MAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I'm thrilled to have on the line with me Greg Walcher. He is one of the most recognized and respected national leaders in natural resources policy. He's the author of Smoking Them Out, The Theft of of the environment and how to take it back uh, during the break greg um, S- producer steve mentioned two forks which that i i just kind of remember that just a little bit uh, but that was a, supposed to be a reservoir that uh, enviros got very involved in and it never uh, happened what's your thoughts on two forks
10: well it's a good example of what we're talking about w- with respect to federal overreach uh, the debate about Two Forks went on for the better part of a decade. It was a it was a storage system um, that would have supplied enormous enormous amounts of water to the metro area here, but also involved some trans mountain diversions from the western slope. So there were people there opposed to it, as well as environmentalists. So the, you know that debate, is as far as I'm concerned, Coloradans can argue among themselves and debate the best uses of their water and make the, and make their decisions. But on Two Forks. Uh, Coloradans did that and had come to a conclusion on it and the EPA vetoed it at the last minute, which is an authority they just frankly don't have. They never did. Uh, they, they keep asserting that they have the authority to regulate and control virtually all water in the United States, but it isn't what the law says. Uh, and it's the same exact argument that we're talking about now with this Waters of the United okay. States rule. Okay. The, the Clean Water Act of 1972 mentions waters of the United States in, in uh, 27 places in that law. In all but three of them, it specifically says navigable waters of the United States, and the other three refer to oceans, bays, and intercoastal waterways. The uh, inland waterways are the property of the states, and that's the, the waters in Colorado belong to the people of Colorado. That's clear not only in the state constitution, but in a wide range of federal laws, too, including the Clean Water Act. So there are. If you can't float a boat in water, then the federal government has no authority over it whatsoever. But their attempt to regulate stock watering ponds in Wyoming and wetlands in Washington—and that's the current case before the Supreme Court—all uh, over the United States, they continue to try to insist that they have authority that they don't have.
1: Gosh, if you can control water, if you can control food, and if you can control um, energy, you you pretty well have the people under your thumb, as from what I can see, Greg.
10: Well, that's right, and Congressman Wayne Aspinall famously said, when you touch water, you touch everything in the West, Uh, and it's true. And you know what's really remarkable about it, Kim, is at the federal level, nobody ever seems to ask who died and left you, king. Nobody asks who put the EPA in charge of things they're not in charge of. When did they start showing up at disaster sites like a train wreck in Ohio and declaring that EPA is in charge and everybody else can, can go home, and they get to decide what to do at a disaster site? It's the same Uh, You know, everybody is is on Fox News. They're all talking about new reports from the FBI and the Department of Energy about the source of the coronavirus. Who put the Department of Energy in charge of investigating and issuing reports about health and virus issues? No one's even asking, where did they get this kind of authority? And with the EPA uh, and Colorado Water... It's a question everybody ought to be asking.
1: Well, absolutely. And, Greg, you bring up this waters of the United States. And I had (laughs) – this was crazy. As you may know, I was on city council 2012 to 2016, which was the second um, term of Barack Obama. And the Public Works Department uh, made a presentation to – City Council regarding waters of the United States and explained that yes, that that they would be, um, you know, looking at, at even what water was going down the gutter, and they actually had a picture of a house and the water in the gutter rolling, you know, going r- right by, and the picture of the house was my house, <laughs> and I said, What that is my house." I thought it was just so ironic, and it was kind of at that point I'm like, "This is a big overreach," and then the Trump administration. Uh, roll that back, and now it sounds like the Biden administration is, is trying to reinstitute this, yes?
10: Well, yes, it's beyond ironic, in fact. You're being very diplomatic in, in uh, calling it uh, ironic for the EPA to assert that, that basically all water in the United States, eventually surface water, eventually runs into into some stream and some creek and some brook and some lake and, you know, whatever eventually winds up in some river therefore they have control over, over every parking lot puddle in America, is absolutely absurd on its face. And yet that's exactly what the, what the waters of the United States rule, in essence, claims, uh, that any water that, is, that has any kind of a nexus to navigable waters is under the federal uh, jurisdiction. And the, the courts have already ruled, you know, when they proposed this in 2015, Colorado led the lawsuit. Half of the other states in America joined uh, and they and they won, and the courts ruled clearly that EPA was never given that authority by Congress, and that and they set aside uh, what EPA called the WOTUS rule. Well, then, so then the Obama administration was over. President Trump got in office and and withdrew the regulation, although it was already enjoined by the federal courts. Published a new regulation that was more in line with what the law said. Then, then a the new election brought in new people in Colorado. Colorado reversed course and filed a lawsuit demanding reinstatement of the Obama rule, literally demanding federal control over Colorado water, which nobody in Colorado had ever done before. Uh, and then the Trump administration ended. Biden got back in office and has repub- republished, reproposed the Obama-era rule, which has already been overturned by the federal courts. So they just won't give up. They're continue They're going to continue to assert authority and jurisdiction over all the water in the country until somebody tells them uh, that they can't. So this current case uh, involving the Sackett family in front of the Supreme Court now may be the vehicle where the courts may do that. I'm not sure. But it just strikes me as, as so uh, ironic, as you put it, that that's such a huge threat to the future uh, growth of this state And just sort of goes almost unnoticed by most people.
1: Well, boy, that's why it seems like we should have some leadership uh, of the people that we elect, that they would be representatives of the people instead of these special interests. I want to change gears, Greg. Uh, and that is these reports of uh, golden eagles being chopped up by wind turbines up in Wyoming. And it seems that the enviros, uh, those that c- have cared about animals, when they can uh, use it as endangered species. And your book is so important, smoking them out, the theft of the environment, and how to take it back. Uh, they don't. They don't seem to care about it because it's wind turbines that's killing. Uh, wildlife, instead of um, them being able to, to you know, bludgeon uh, our energy production or, that is affordable, efficient, abundant, and reliable, such as fossil fuels.
10: Uh, well, yes, and in fact, wind machines have been specifically granted waivers by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. So, it's it's not it's not just uh, federalities turning the other way and looking away. They've they've literally said it's okay to kill eagles if you're a wind farm. Completely illegal, by the way. If you have if you have a a drilling rig, uh, and a bird flies into it and dies, and it's a protected bird, you're in huge trouble. But if it flies into your wind tower, you're okay.
1: Boy, this just makes no sense, Craig.
10: Uh, well, it doesn't. To me, laws ought to apply equally to everybody. Either we think that it's illegal to kill a golden eagle by accident because you built something, or it isn't. And so, if if it's illegal for if you're in trouble when a when a golden eagle dies on your property, uh, then you ought to be in trouble, no matter what, no matter what the structure was that killed them.
1: What a novel idea that uh, laws would be impartial, that they would uh, treat everybody equally. Uh, when we talk about uh, equity, that seems like that that would be a good thing to do is to treat everybody equally under the law. Uh, Craig Walter.
10: Yes, and if you did that, you you might find some of these laws changing because people would start figuring out, wait a minute, I, I built something on my property, but I didn't actually kill the eagle. You know, they there there's there's a study that shows the number and it's way up in the billions, something like 6 or 7 billion birds a year die by flying into things. Uh, they fly into each other, they fly into power lines and power poles and houses and buildings and cars and all sorts of things. Um it's a it's a part of it's a part of nature they fly into trees they fly into all sorts of things and die um it's just a part of the way the bird world works as sad as it is and as cruel as nature can be so i don't know whether it's whether it's uh, whether it's wise to punish people for that or not
1: Well, uh, I I think probably not. Uh, We have just a few minutes left, and I'd like you to talk just a little bit about your book, because I I first became acquainted with you when you made a presentation uh, regarding your book. So uh, I think it's a very important book. I have it. And um, just tell us a little bit about that.
10: I wrote it because of a lifetime of of uh, activity and involvement that convinced me ultimately that a huge percentage of the environmental debates in america today are not really about the environment uh... it's an agenda that has been stolen by people who who seek to change the way the world works and the the agenda very often and now i'm not talking about ordinary people who are concerned about the environment as we all are particularly in places like colorado where people are passionate about it but the national leadership of some of these organizations that block and stop and file lawsuits against everything has very little to do with the environment. It's more about control and power and money, especially money. Uh, it's an environmental movement that has become larger than any of the industries that they're fighting around the, the country. They're, they're you know one or two um, environmental organizations that t- t- take in more money every year than any coal mine anywhere in America, and and yet they. Continue to to create this illusion that it's a a group of you know grassroots people who are worried about things in their backyard, when in fact it's part of a worldwide agenda. And so, my goal was to expose that and to and to to explain to people better talking points on these issues. Where, if you want to if you want to argue about forest management or endangered species or water or public lands or whatever the environmental issue might be make the issue the environment let's talk about what's the right thing to do uh, for clean air and clean water and preserving the the beauty of the great open spaces and so on if the debate can be about that people can agree on it um, and you don't you don't wind up with this constant ongoing 30-year-long battle to build to build something uh, when the agenda has nothing to do with the environment.
1: Well, and Greg Walcher, we can take care of the environment. We can be good stewards of our earth, and human human beings can also thrive and flourish. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Well, in
10: fact, we are good stewards of the of the earth. Not always. People make mistakes and and get things wrong. But in the United States of America, we've done more uh, to protect and preserve and improve the environment than any generation who ever lived anywhere in the world. And people are tired of being punished for it.
1: Absolutely. Greg Walcher, thank you so much. We will get you back on soon uh, because uh, it's important that we talk about water and our forests and all this. And you are an expert. I greatly appreciate it.
10: Thanks. Good to talk to you always.
1: And the show, we get to have these great conversations because of great sponsors. Lauren Levy is an expert in the mortgage arena. He works with a number of different uh, lenders, and he's a great sponsor of both The Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories.
12: Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage.
6: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interests as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R O O T S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Finding a firearm or
13: training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment Environment for all customers, come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com franktown to schedule your firearms training today. Or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. And you can email me at kim at Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, call in line 303-477-5600. Uh, 303-477-5600. Text line is 720-605-0647. A uh, couple of things. First of all, from our conversation yesterday... Uh, we were talking about this tax increment financing where uh, projects can uh, basically be be financed through not having to pay property taxes over a period of time. And one of our listeners reached out and said that they thought that the – it would be nice to check this out – that the Gaylord uh, Hotel, which is out in Aurora, does not pay any property tax Uh, So, again, and this person lives out that way, so she probably knows. Another uh, comment here was, I wanted to get to this, is, um, says use solar distilled methanol combined with solar stills. In mass to desalinate ocean water on an o- ongoing basis, or you could use nuclear power desalination plants. That seems like that would be an excellent solution for California out there. And uh, this listener also said, "I wonder what the carbon footprint of that train wreck was." Very good question, producer Steve.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Uh, I'm back to California, though. You know, we we say quite often. You know, Politicians at any level are usually guilty of creating some problem kind of in the in the back room somewhere and then pushing it out and saying, we have the solution right. for that. I look at California and this water situation. It's like,
1: why wouldn't you desalinate unless we don't want to fix it? Unless we don't want to fix it. Because if you don't fix it, if you control water, well, if you can control water, if you can tr- control energy, if you can control food, and we see the the elites are trying to uh, control all that then you control the people and uh, I guess that's what the bottom line is there going back to this is one uh, a listener said it said in response to Dave Walden that George Bush said in order to save the free market we have to abandon it and then I said, are you sure? And she said, remember when the government said someone pulled a bunch of money out of the banks and they had to be bailed out? That is when George W. Bush said we have to abandon the free market to, uh, to save it. Uh, unbelievable on that. Uh, let's see another listener here. And, and I had missed this. This was last week. And said that uh, over the weekend, so this was last week. That uh, they had heard about a controversy that is brewing, uh, and it is uh, regarding the National Republican Party is saying that no one will be allowed to participate in debates unless they first swear or affirm that they will support the eventual nominee. Apparently, Donald Trump at this moment is not ready to make such a promise. That is unbelievable, Steve, that uh, that they would say that you have to make that pledge in order to be involved in a debate, don't you think the American people should be able to see those debates and, and see what everybody has to say?
2: This really gets me down because I, in my mind, unity is is the goal here. We need to unify if we're going to you know have any effect at pushing back what's happened to us in the last I don't know, you know whatever number of years you want to quote. You know I, I keep seeing that uh, what's the uh, my pillow guy. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell is going to sue uh, the Speaker of the House because of something that was done with video of January sixth last week. This is not unity. This is nuts.
1: Okay, I'm going to have to ask you this question because that's I, everybody pulls out this unity uh, thing. So, what to you? What should we unify uh, for? Steve? Well,
2: you're precisely right. We need to have that common thread. But all I see is these things that are just fracturing us all the more. And believe me, the other side loves it.
1: Well, I so I think it's that what we need to do is, first of all, we need to have an understanding. Uh, we talked about rights today. We ha- need to have an understanding of this American idea. Now, if the unity means that people are going to unify, which they have, and we see this on the radical activist Democrats, they've unified and they say, we're going to use the force of government to take away your rights. And as as Dave Walden had said, on a a positive right, which it seems negative to me, but a positive right, basically says that we will use force to take from other people to give to you for your right, uh, and and that we have to we have to first of all when we're talking unity, we have to first of all understand what we're going to unify around, and if we have PBIs. That are not unifying, that are not pushing that forward, there's no way that we should reach across the aisle to give away our rights, Steve. So we need to be taking a, a strong look. When people say unity, what does that mean exactly?
2: Well, uh, you're hitting the nail right on the head. It deserves a lot more conversation to, to drive it out. But like this other thing that you just made reference to where Trump doesn't want to you know sign on to anything yet, he doesn't want to be nailed down quite yet. Well, with I don't know how many months until the first primary for you know, 2024. But right now, that seems to be smart at this point. I don't want anybody nailing me down right. for something that's going to happen 18 months from now.
1: Right. And so why on earth would the Republican Party try to put that stipulation in?
2: Well, that's okay. So that's, that's kind of the niche of what I'm yeah. driving that. They seem to be driving wedges way too soon.
1: Right. <laughs> Apparently, Trump said... Tarana, the answer to that question would depend depend on who the eventual nominee is. And um, this listener also said it was watching Newsmax last night in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, an even more incredible race than in Chicago. The black mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, says that anyone who criticizes him is a racist. So you can't engage in a battle of ideas with um with a politician because of the color of their skin. And that's where we have such a problem is the diversity of ideas. The voices are being shut down on that producer, Steve.
2: Agreed. <laughs> I'm just, it's part of this, this incredible puzzle that has descended on us. And, you know, we're supposed to be able to have a clear vision and figure it out. It's tough.
1: Yeah. You know what, and I missed, I can't believe I missed this from one of our listeners um, on subsidized housing. And so this is appropriate because of 1190. Uh, They said that uh, we had a guest that mentioned Democrats often use the general welfare clause to justify their Marxist legislation. The flaw in this rationale is that subsidized housing only benefits a minority of people, not the general public. I wonder if this law could be challenged in court since it does not meet the general general welfare clause conditions. Uh, and then... Um, uh, this listener also said, a better pledge of allegiance, and I'm going to insert for unity, is the Republican platform. And so that would be that would be a good question for each of the candidates to ask them if they would pledge that they would support the Republican platform. Uh, what do you think about that? That would be a good thing to unify around. Well, and,
2: there'd be some clarity there.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I think that that uh, I think that that would make some real sense.
2: Hey, did you get to uh, read the paper that lands in your driveway? No, I don't normally read it. Okay. Well, you, know, you talked about affordable housing in the first hour. There's a special new affordable housing popping out in your county. Where at? Uh, within the the school system, they're they're thinking that because the their teachers' pay is so far behind the eight ball and compared to other school districts that maybe they can have a special, affordable housing for teachers
1: only. And this would be the school district? Yes. It's going to ask for a mill levy override? Yes. And a property tax increase? The very same one. Okay. We'll have to be talking about that. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. Oh. Um, listener says, Mike Lindell is pushing back because the January 6th prisoners need the video for their defense. That is why Lindell, Lindell is suing. And, she, All right. she, and so that makes sense.
2: I made it sound like he's the, he's the, the bad guy. The point is that there's, there's that conflict, the fact that he has to threaten to sue the newly installed Speaker of the House. And it's just like, okay, and it just seems
1: to open the door for the other side. Well, then Kevin McCarthy, it just makes sense to go ahead and, and make sure that the American people can see that stuff. So the right thing to do that we should unify on is that we want to see what, what actually really happened. And uh, <laughs> this listener said, you're right about Ron, a stupid unity idea. Uh, I may not want to sign on to that, uh, that current candidate. Uh, and I think I can get to another text here. Let me see. Uh, okay. Okay. I think that's pretty well it. If you... Uh, I guess we don't have any more time. Let me just make sure. Uh, I don't think that I missed any other of our uh, this text line. I'm learning how to manage that, uh, and I think one of these days we are actually going to do a a uh, open mic Friday, uh, like in the spirit of Rush Limbaugh.
2: Well, I love the real time, almost real time aspect of the uh, of the text line. So.
1: Yeah. A whole whole bunch of different. uh, (laughs) This listener just came in and said, Steve, for the win. I don't want you to get a big head. Okay. (laughs) Okay. uh, Our quote for the end of the show is, is a good one. It says, it takes less time to do a thing right. Than it does to explain why you did it wrong. That's Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And so, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.